Hello, guys, and welcome back to another episode of Dinner and a Show. As always, I am your host, Tom Bland, and this week I am joined by my co-worker and friend, I would say, uh, Isis FX. Uh, I'm just going to go cry in the corner for a minute. I'll be back. I'm just going to pause. Well, today we have for you, we went to Stronghearts Cafe for some delicious vegan food. My first time trying vegan food on purpose. <laughs> and the movie we watched was the 2018 rendition of The Predator. Um, so we'll start, as always, with the food. Uh, I don't know exactly when Stronghearts was founded or anything, but I think it's a fairly new addition to the Syracuse area. I think Stronghearts has been around for, I think, at least 14 years. Really? Um, I, re I remember uh, being much younger. I've been a vegetarian since I was 20-ish, and I'm 39 now, and I remember it always being around during that time. Okay, I guess. I just, yeah, I wasn't hearing about it then. <laughs> um, it's uh, it's an entirely vegan uh, restaurant, right? They don't do anything? Nope, it's all yeah. vegan. Yeah. Um, there's two locations. The one we went to is the one uh, Fayette Street. There's another one near the SU campus. Um, they actually have a pretty a pretty wide menu. Uh, they have burgers, wings, um, BLT stuff. It was it was really nice. I went with the you went buffalo. Yeah, I went with barbecue wings and a vegan brownie. And you got the. That's fair. I whenever I get a um, a like a sub or something at Subway, and they always put like too much tomato on it. <laughs> um, so the wings are actually pretty close in texture. I would say to chicken wings. I know you said it's been forever since you've had yeah. legitimate chicken wings, um, but they were they were pretty close. It was like. Eating them, you could definitely tell it was off of chicken just a bit, but it wasn't in an, like a gross or like a, uh, I don't know if I could eat this kind of way. And they, they substitute the bone with a little wood uh, stick in the middle, which I actually preferred. It gave it like a better grip and I got yeah. all the meat. Yeah. <laughs> what it was supposed to be meat. <laughs> One of the hardest things I've ever seen in a vegetarian for long is there is nothing like chicken period. The Nothing comes close to it, and I think that they're what's most comparable to to that flavor and feeling. Yeah, I definitely get that. And um, the egg or the, uh, the egg. Well, I'm getting out of myself. The brownie is a vegan brownie, so it was made without egg. And again, it was like a weird kind of. This isn't quite right in my head, but it was still pretty close. It definitely didn't take away from the brownie and the fact that it had a lot of peanut butter, and it probably definitely helped. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, you, you guys didn't get to see this. Uh, <laughs> it was a bit too thick for Tom. Yeah, like I, I believe the, the sentence I said to you was, had I been eating this by myself and didn't have a drink handy, I probably would have been a little scared for my life because that second bite like almost glued the two halves of my mouth together. <laughs> no, it was fine. I, I enjoyed it. Like, like I said, it would have been a tasty way to die. Like The last thought I would have had was some chocolate and peanut butter as I passed off into the, <laughs> the year after. <laughs> Um, but, oh, uh, so you got the burger, too, so how was that, like, in terms of comparable to an actual burger? Uh, the burger was good. Uh, I, I wasn't in love with burger when I stopped eating it, so everything on it, it's, it's, it's 
um, I would say it's a cut above a fast food burger because there's places that do vegetarian fast food burgers, and I'd say it's above that. Okay. Yeah, because the one time I accidentally had a vegan burger was at our Christmas party at work, and it was from, I want to say we got catering from Copper Top, and I think that was it. It was, it was okay. I don't even know what they have. Um, they're a pretty good local restaurant. I actually covered them on an episode of podcast. I think I did, what I do? Copper Top and, oh God, I've only done like 12 episodes. How am I already forgetting this? I don't know. I'll look in the catalog after this and, and yell at myself for not remembering. Um, but it was it was okay. I, I would have to hazard a guess that since Stronghearts is specifically a vegan cafe, that their burgers would be better than Stronghearts or um, Top Tops. So, uh, but yeah, if you're ever in the Syracuse area and you are of the vegan or vegetarian persuasion, definitely check out uh, Stronghearts. Um, I think it was the food. It wasn't overly pricey either. It was like eleven bucks for a set of four wings, and they're they're big wings. And it was tasty. I would eat there again, actually, if I ran into somebody who was vegan and didn't want to like go out to a restaurant that doesn't really cater to them. Yeah, for, for vegan food, it's actually not that pricey. Uh, nationwide, it's getting a lot higher. A lot higher. But um, before we forget, I did get one of their milk. Oh, yes. Um, I got the, the Malcolm X, which is chocolate and cherry. And it's goddamn delicious. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, next time I eat there, I will probably have to try that. Maybe we'll do Strong Hearts again, because we, we might do Bill and Ted 3 when it comes out on VOD, and I would definitely try something new from the, their menu. Uh, so, okay, that is uh, Strong Hearts, and now into the film The Predator. Uh, so The Predator came out in September of 2018. It is the fourth film in the Predator franchise, not counting the two AVP movies, which I don't. Uh, it was directed by Shane Black, and he was actually a character in the original. He played Hawkins, and he has the distinction of being the first member of Arnold's team to get offed by the Predator in that movie. Um, it was co-written with Fred Decker, and Fred Decker was a multiple-time guest on another podcast, which I will plug here, which is Best Movies Never Made. And he talks about, uh, towards the end of one of his episodes, his experience working on The Predator with Shane Black, because they've done a couple movies together, I guess. And when we get to the, the crux of the movie, I'll explain how it was originally supposed to play out, because I think it would have been a little bit cooler than what we got in the movie. Um, but overall, I thought that The Predator was a fine addition in the franchise. It definitely didn't do anything that I thought was stupid or... It didn't feel like it was just like another way to make money off the franchise. I thought it was it had enough twists and differentiations that it felt fine. As, yeah, as a, as a sequel movie, I thought it was pretty good. I thought it fit in the line, the, the same with Predator 1 and 2. Uh, the story was telling was a continuation instead of uh, reimagining or trying to reinvent the wheel, so I think it, it, it worked well. I didn't hate it at all. Yeah, I think it also helped that the guy in charge of it, who who directed and co-wrote it, was involved in the original project. So I'm sure he didn't want to just do, what if I just did Predator but change the setting? Or what if I, you know, did X and such? He he wanted kind of to to walk that same path, but have enough of his own take on it that it just didn't feel like, okay, it's a, a remake without calling it a remake. Um, so we open with, in space as opposed to the jungle, usually, or the city in case of two. And we see two Predator ships shooting at each other. 
Uh, I think it's the first time we've ever seen more than one Predator ship in a film. Uh, maybe, like I said, one of the AVP movies. And I still love this effect of when they, I guess, hyperspace jump or whatever, but instead of like a jump, it's like the fabric of space just kind of rips open and they just go from wherever they are to wherever they're going. I, I thought that was a cool effect. Yeah. I Oh, you know what? You're right. You're right. The first thing we see is the ship coming into Earth. Right. That's right. Which is a lot of things in this movie that the very the first forty to forty five minutes of the movie is total throwback. Like everybody's like, Hey, we're still doing a predator movie. <laughs> Relax. <laughs> yeah. You know and it opens. That was so good. I I love that that the drums from the original Predator uh, are so iconic to I think anybody who grew up with the, that movie. That if you tried to do like a riff on it or like a new imagining of it, I think it would sound kind of cheesy and and silly. But they I think they just straight up used the original score in some cases for this movie. Yeah. Um, so we see the two ships kind of in a firefight. The first one jumps and gets away, but it's been a little bit damaged. It crashes in the Earth's atmosphere. I think he's in Mexico? I think they said? It's some uh, South yeah, American yeah, country, at least. Yeah. Um, and uh, so we're introduced to Boyd Hallbrook's character, uh, Captain McKenna, who is a counter-sniper, here to save some hostages. Uh, he takes his target out, but then immediately after... Uh, a pod from the Predator ship comes ripping through like a power line pylon and just smashes into the forest behind him and he like goes down and he wakes up and he sees just this smoldering crater with this thing in it. Um, he goes over to the ship and we see it's, it's like the pods cracked open. We see the, uh, the, yeah, you know, the Predator mask is laying there and he picks it up. He's kind of, you know, like, what the hell is this? And the, like he finds a, you know, one of the wrist gauntlet things. And it's it's very clear that this the Predator like they've updated the look as well while still keeping the like the mask looks like new and sleek and shiny, but it still has that throwback kind of to the old Predator masks. I think it looked a little bit more like two for me than I yeah. thought the original. Yes. Before we get too far away from it, the, the two fighting ships at the very beginning, I think if you are in the theater, you catch that more, and I think if you were putting it out of the house, you, you almost miss that, and you, it doesn't it doesn't set your head until later on in the movie, and you go, okay, I sort of get what's going on at the beginning now. Yeah. Um, this is, it's funny, because I, specifically when I do movies for this podcast, I catch a bunch of little things. That because now I'm I'm paying a lot more attention than I was initially, and as we go along, I'll, I'll, I'll there's a bunch of like little fun, not like Easter eggs or stuff, but like just weird things I never caught the first time around. Um, so yeah, he finds the Predator gear. One of his the two guys from his other his team show up, and he's like, "Calm down, I you know I couldn't get a hold of you." He he tells his his the new guy that he, he needs the backpack because he's this is evidence of whatever happened, which is smart because you know. If you if you came running out of the jungle saying I saw an alien ship crash, no, you just trust me. You got to take my word on it. Uh, I don't know how believable you'd be, but if you have a bunch of alien tech with you, it's a little bit more credible. Uh, 
Uh, so he shoves the mask in. He he actually puts the gauntlet on for a second, and it like snaps to his arm, and he he's like trying to figure out what the hell it is. And they're the third guy in the team. They're still trying to get him on the radio, but then all of a sudden you see him drop from the tree, just like the like you know the old school predator movies. And he's been gutted, and his face is burned off. And that was actually pretty gnarly of an effect for for the Predator movie. Like, I, yeah, this is a rated R movie, but I, I remember being in theaters at the time, like, damn, that's, that's pretty brutal. I also like it because that's the first, it's the first throwback that I see in the mm-hmm. almost I remember that, yeah. <laughs> um, and so, right after he drops out of the tree, they see, like, the, the crazy shimmer effect that, you know, it's the Predator invisibility, and he kind of uncloaks for a second, which I'm not sure if he did that on purpose, or if his suit's just kind of jacked up, because, you know, he literally fell out of the sky in a flaming spaceship. Um, uh, McKenna looks at his buddy and is like, I don't know what that is, but shoot it, because it clearly just killed their friend. Uh, they start, you know, shooting at it. It's leaping from tree to tree. And that is one thing I actually really liked about this movie is in the first two movies, and this is just a product of the time, the Predator's agility was very stilted in a kind of, like, every leap was, like, slow-mo because they probably had to, like, crane him over from something to something else because that suit is massive. But in this one, like, the, the, the Predator appeared much more, like, physical. Like, there's a lot more physicality to his, like, his attacks. Yeah, I think the... Definitely being a product of the time, and, and there being like more than 87 of the Predator. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you're not going to see the eyes anything yeah. of the Predator. So you got the, they gave you the um, the knowledge that he was selling because he was dropping it out, but you never got to see him move in that way. Yes. Got the, it, they always, it was implied through yeah. like trees rustling and stuff like that. Right. But yeah, this is the first where we get to really see him kind of in all his, his glory, just like leaping from place to place. Or like when he smashes dudes at that lab scene later, he's like yeah. just annihilated. Um, so they shoot at him. He pops the shoulder cannon, kills the other guy who gave McKenna the backpack. Um, and McKenna gets hit or knocked back by the blast. And the weird gauntlet, or the mask actually reacts and shoots the predator. Or no, it's the gauntlet. That's right. The gauntlet fires the shuriken thing. And we see the shuriken thing go. The predator kind of gets glanced by it. And it, like, cuts the the dude it hung from the tree just clean in half. Uh, He falls, the predator falls, still cloaked. And we get this cool effect of the blood from the guy cut in half dripping onto him, revealing him. Yeah. Which is cool. And that's uh, the Yep, and it was it was really cool. It pops his eyes open, and, and he's like, McKenna's like, I don't know what this, I'm out. And he just takes off, which is, again, a fair reaction. I feel like a lot of this movie was people making decisions that I think were pretty rational. There's a couple where you're like, eh, stupid movie logic. Yeah. But McKenna, for the most part, was like, yeah, I, I don't know what this is. I got my alien tech. I, I don't know, I'm, I'm gone. And as he's running away, you see a, 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 he sees another chopper come in. And he's like, I don't know who that is. I'm still just taking off. And we are introduced to, uh, I forget what his character's name was, but the actor of Sterling K. Brown, who you would probably know from, he was in Supernatural for a few episodes. He was um, Killmonger's dad in the Black Panther movie from Marvel. Uh, so we see him and like his flunkies get off the, the helicopter and they're, you know, he's saying, 
Uh, you know, they're big, they're fast, and their idea of tourism is just fucking you up, so be careful. Uh, and I kind of like this. This was a continuation of, like, 2, where Gary Busey's character was, like, in that government agency who was hunting down predators. Um, so you mentioned that, but I don't, like, I have a hard time remembering that, but I haven't seen 2 in so Yeah, 2 is, 2 is where you, you get it, um, Danny Glover's main character, and Gary Busey's a supporting guy. And he's part of some, I don't think they even name what agency he's from, but their, their whole deal is they know the predators exist and they're hunting him. And, or they're, they're trying to catch a living one and they're tech so they can like figure out what the hell these things are. And so this is like, that was a cool throwback to two for me. Um, uh, so McKenna gets to some town, I think it is Mexico. Yeah. And he, he clears everybody out of this bar with, you know, he shows them the gun and, uh, he goes to the bartender and says, I need your help. And the guy's like, why would I help you if you come in my, you know, my bar with a gun? And he turns back around and McKenna's gone. And then McKenna like flips him around and you see like some weird little ball thing from the gauntlets is the cloaking tech that he has. And so he takes off the helmet. He takes off the gauntlet. He tells him, and he puts it in a bag. He says, you mail what's in the bag. Don't mail the bag. And then he swallows down with a bunch of like whiskey or whatever. The, invisible ball because you hear like sirens approaching so he knows he's going to get taken in for questioning and he wants some kind of proof right um after this i believe is when we're introduced to the the doctor character yeah 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 they say i hear you like stargazing or something like yeah. that yeah mm-hmm. And so they bring her in, and this, the movie's a lot more funny than I'd say one, two, or three was, because, like, they bring her in, and they bring her to this facility, and they hit a button, and the floor, like, starts descending, it's like an elevator, they're at a dam, and the guy behind the desk goes, is it your imagination, or is this haunted room stretching? And the guy who brought her in is like, really, you're gonna do this every time? (laughs) Uh, Shane Black definitely, for anybody who's seen his past work, is a, is a funny guy. He he wrote Lethal Weapon. He wrote and directed The Nice Guys. He's definitely got this weird sense of humor, and that definitely uh, the guy who uh, directed this movie. Okay. Um, he definitely he has this weird sense of humor. Like there's stories of like his script notes going around, like to catch people's attention. Like there's a scene he's describing in the original Lethal Weapon where it's like the mansion where Riggs and and Murtaugh find like one of the drug dealers, mm-hmm. and he goes, "It's it's crazy, it's awesome. This is a place you totally like rail coke and sm- bang some hot chick." <laughs> and he's like, "I got your attention now, don't I?" You know, so he that's that's just kind of the the writer he is. Um, so Olivia Munn's doctor character gets into this facility, and I I lost my mind in the theaters because Jake Busey walks up, Gary Busey's real life son. And they have confirmed that he is supposed to be Gary Busey's son from Predator 2. And he introduces her he, he, to the, he shows her the lab where they've got the unconscious predator on the table. And she goes in, they do it. They, they flip the line where she sees him and goes, you're one beautiful motherfucker instead of the Arnold line. Yes. Or, you know, um, I actually wrote that down. Um, and Sterling K. Brown uh, says, we call it the Predator, and then he describes it, and she, they make the, this is the first time they make the joke, well, it's not a Predator, that's like a hunter you're describing, you know, like a, a big game hunter. And they show her, like, it's DNA, and it turns out it has human DNA in it. And they want to know how the hell this thing has human DNA. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, she says, I, I get it, I get it. You guys want to know if somebody fought the male. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, yeah, got that. Um, so at this point, we cut to that second Predator ship has arrived on Earth, and we see, like, this, this, the other Predator, like, and we actually get subtitles for the first time for the Predator language, where right. it's like, it's like, tracks target to X and such, or whatever, and, like, making contact, and it, it, like, starts tracking the tech in the original Predator's suit, uh, to find him, and, um, at this point, the box of Predator tech has arrived at McKenna's house, and it's found by his kid. And the kid we have seen from a, a quick earlier scene in his school has got, he's on the spectrum, uh, you know, either Asperger's or, you know, something like yeah. that. And the kid opens the box and finds the gauntlet in the, in the helmet and starts screwing around with the gauntlet. And it, like, uncloaks the Predator, the, the, the second Predator ship. And he's, like, freaking out at the control panel, trying to, like, recloak himself. And the kid keeps hitting. It's like a, a gag where the Predator keeps cloaking and the kid keeps uncloaking it. So, yep. Is, now, we get it right as the kid opens the stuff. So mm -hmm. he hasn't started monkeying with it yet. Okay. But... Yes, we do get them like right about that scene. Yeah, no, there was the beginning okay. scene where the predator crashes. He's like right. he's screaming to himself, but we don't get subtitles for that. Yeah, uh, it's, it's interesting. I wonder if I, that would be a hell of a question for friend Shane if they did that on purpose. I would assume so because yeah, the kid's got the. We find out the kid is like some savant when it comes to languages. Um, so the the dam, the people at the secret shadow agency detect the predator ship and they're like, oh crap, it's coming, you know, right for us. Yeah. Uh, they like scramble some F-16s or whatever after it. Um, and somehow this wakes the predator on the table up. And this is so cool because the, you know, the predator is famous for those face mandibles. Yeah. And it, some guy's reaching across him to like restrap him, and he just digs into the dude's arm with the face mandibles and like rips his arm off. And I love that because I always wondered like, is that the first time this happened? Yeah, it is. Okay, it was so cool because like you always see them, but like they always are there because like they always get like shot off or like yeah. they're like there to get wounded or something. But this is the first time we see that these things. Oh, they got some. They got some power behind them. Yeah. Um, and he just, this is one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie is where he just goes on a rampage to the lab. He rips out of the restraints. He's just chucking dudes left and right, ripping guys in half. And, uh, it's, it's not even close. And then, so Sterling K. Brown's character ditches with one of his flunkies. Um, Olivia Munn's scientist character grabs a trank dart or a trank rifle and some weird predator goo that they've taken out of it and, and also gets out of the lab. Um, the, this is easily the most violent Predator movie, I think, because usually the Predator just, like, shoots a guy or stabs a guy and that, but, like, in this one, yeah. he's, like, ripping body parts off and, like, people in half. Uh, my favorite scene is when he, he punches, or my favorite part of it, he punches a guy, and the dude flies into a concrete wall and just hits it so hard, you see a spray of blood from, like, where the back of his head smacked into it, which would probably happen. Yeah. Um, so... Olivia Munn's trying to get out of the lab, but there's a decontamination thing, so she has to, like, get naked and ditch all her stuff and wait for the decontamination thing. 
And the Predator comes around the corner and sees her, but as we, we know, she doesn't. The Predator does not kill unarmed targets. So it sees her and is like, whatever, and just rips open the door and, and goes off on its own. One thing that's good about that scene, too, is that Yeah, it's tough because at this point, unless you're like a kid who's never seen the original three, you would, you know, you know the tropes of Predator. It stalks in the jungle. It, you know, we all, it's like Jaws, Jaws 2. Yeah, right. We already knew what the shark was, so Jaws, Jaws in Jaws 2 a lot more. Right. So it, I feel like the same thing is carried over with Predator, where like, okay, we get the Predator's bag of tricks, so we have to find new ways or new things for the Predator to do to make it scary. And I think just having this thing be like some unstoppable monolith just ripping through people is a good way to accomplish that. Yeah. Uh, we also, I think this is the first time we ever see a Predator use a human weapon, because it's got the assault rifle in its hand, and it just like... Mm, I can't remember two enough, but I don't know. Yeah. He definitely wields it as though he's going to use the real human. Yeah. Uh, because yeah. he, like, he, he has it, like, down by his side and, like, swings it up and pulls the trigger yeah. and, like, just arcs it. It was a fun fact, because it's also, I mean, the assault rifle is, like, tiny compared to his hand. Right. Because, I mean, he's so massive. And the insane thing about this is, like you said earlier, this is, it's, a, it's practical. This is a dude in a suit. Yeah. They, they had to find a guy this big. Because I, I know they, they gradually have increased the Predator size through the yeah. movies, and they just keep finding bigger and bigger stunt guys. And I think in, in some of the AVP movies, like, the stunt guys are, like, 7'2". They're oh, wow. huge. And the suit, obviously, their hands, it's bigger because it's, it has to go over their hands. But, right. like, it, the, the assault rifle really did look tiny in his hand in comparison yeah. to, like, how it should look. Really, at, this, at this point, it's No. Uh, except for the cloaking. But that's it. Right. Yeah. Um, but other than that, no, this, yeah, the Predator suit is entirely practical, all just massive, massive guy underneath it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it ignores Olivia Munn's character because she's not armed, and it rips, it kills a couple more soldier guys with the assault rifle, it smashes one of the displays, takes uh, the shoulder cannon and a new mask, and, like, has a weird, like, find my phone, but for <laughs> its mask. Yeah. And we see through the mask that it originally had, and it, like, finds, like, Rory McKenna, age six or whatever, and, like, it sees the, the basement that the kid is in. It's like, okay, so this is where I gotta go. Uh, and takes off after the kid. Uh, at this point, the F-16s catch up to the Predator ship. They get into, like, a mini dogfight with it, but the Predator ship just, like, has a force field and annihilates the two planes and it's like that. that. Uh, it lands, and we see that the Predator has brought predator dogs with it. They even have, like, the same dreads and everything that it has. Right. Uh, which is kind of fun, because that's another... Uh, I think that's a callback to Predators that uh, Robert Rodriguez did, because in Predators, there was one of the four evil Predators had, like, hunting dogs that it had with it. Okay. Flush yeah. I don't really... I don't really remember that one. Mm-hmm. Not that. I think that's... The scene you're talking about on the... Yes, yeah, this this Predator is like, if if Predator A is like seven and a half feet tall, Predator B is like, I think they say 11 mm-hmm. feet tall. Yeah. yeah, so it's it's huge. It, I mean, you just can't, you, you could have probably done a few shots with it practical, but it, yeah. in order for it to be what they wanted it to be, they had to have it CGI. I will say the dogs, the dogs are all Yeah, yeah. I don't think human's faces 
It's it didn't. Um, well, it's I think it's it's weird because I feel like Shane Black really kind of wanted to pay homage to all the Predator movies that have come before him. Yeah. And so I think the dogs were like, "Hey, we remember the Predators actually was a thing." You yeah. Know? And it it was fun, but the dogs, yeah, you could have probably ditched the dogs, and the movie would have been fine. Yeah. I don't think or use them for a specific scene, and then and, yeah, they could have been both killed. Uh, but one of them does become a recurring character. Um. So it gets off the ship, and it's it's gonna hunt them down. Um. Oh, this is also uh, I forgot to mention this minor plot point. This is takes place in Halloween. Um, which is weird because most Shane Black movies take place on Christmas. So him doing a different holiday is actually kind of odd. Um, but so the kid has gone out dressed up in the gauntlet and the predator helmet and he's like duct taped it to his head, which if I was his age and I had somebody handed me one of these masks, I definitely would have duct taped it to my head because it looks awesome. (laughs) Um, and he's wandering around and some bullies find him that had bothered him earlier at school. And he, he tries to ignore them by going to a house and asking for candy it's like some crack house in the middle of an otherwise nice neighborhood. But like, I mean, like it looked like so decrepit and like, yeah, but it's like in this middle of like this cul-de-sac of nice houses. But this is like, it wasn't even weed house. You know, don't, don't smoke the devil's lettuce. Kids. <laughs> so he like rings the doorbell and nobody answers him and he gives up and starts to walk away. And like some druggy opens up the balcony floor on the second landing and just pelts him with like, what was it, like an apple or something? Yeah. I don't remember. And uh, he goes, here's your treat, kid. He hits him with it. And the mask, as we know, reacts to being attacked, like flips out some mini <laughs> cannon thing and like blows up the entire house. Yeah. And it does fall through the guy, too. Yes. It, oh, yeah, yeah. It goes right through the guy. <laughs> he goes back into the, he gets launched back into the house and then the house explodes after he goes through the window. Yeah. And the two bully kids are like, ah, and take off running. And, oh, yeah, yeah. He is like, Ugh, you know, the, you know, do some. And the kids run off. And, I mean, obviously he didn't do it on purpose, but he did kind of murder somebody? <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't no, yeah. He like, I, like, but he was involved in a murder. So he was involved in a murder. <laughs> At least, though, he, was, he, he wasn't facing the guy when the guy got blown into, like, a chunk. I will say, if the kid was in the end, I would have Oh, yeah, 100%. Uh, 100%. <laughs> um... And so now the kid's freaking out because, what, who wouldn't? You just watch the house explode. Um, he's running away. Um, oh, we have, like, there's a big plot point we haven't talked about. So McKenna has gotten back to the States at this point. Yeah. The, the, the dad, McKenna, and has been psych evaluated by the army. Right. Where they really just want to know what he's seen. Um, he basically confirms that he's seen the Predator. And they shove him into this bus full of other psychiatric uh, vets. And we are introduced to Nebraska Williams, uh, Nettles, Baxley, Coyle, and Lynch, I think is the other guy. Yeah. And they are all, for one reason or another, suffering from various forms of either PTSD or some other kind of disorder that they have. And um, he tells them that he's seen a space alien. And they vote him new king of the crazies because they think that's just insane. Well, that introduction scene I, I love too because that introduction scene is like when he, when Arnold gets introduced to his. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's almost identical. Yeah. Um, 
it's it, it's really cool because this is something Fred Decker talked about on his podcast appearance of Best Movies Never Made, where like he goes, most soldiers don't look like Arnold and that team from the original Predator movie, these giant like right. mega dudes who are just jacked to the gills. He goes, they're just like regular guys who are just soldiers. And he really wanted to, to like flip it on its head, where instead of being these like superhuman men, that these are kind of the guys who are like, if you were making a team, you'd be like, oh shit, I'm stuck with these guys. And you're like, he puts it as like they're the also rans that you're you're stuck with. Yeah. And I I kind of like that. I do like it. I mean, my age and growing up with '80s action movies, I am not gonna <laughs> yeah. action movies. Like, when, when I was a kid, they were all In the first movie, I was that's like one of my big bummers of that is like when Billy's on the log and he challenges it, he like cuts himself with the machete and like challenges the single. Like we never get to see that. It's it's awesome, but every single eighties action movie had a native man. Oh yeah, super good at tracking and mm-hmm. didn't use guns. Like, no, Billy used guns. guns. Yeah, but his thing, his yeah. his thing was nice. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but he he does use guns in that one scene where everybody's like going yeah. bananas shooting the floor. Yeah. yeah. Um. Uh, now that I've watched Predator like a jillion times. Oh uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. 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 Me too. Me too. <laughs> um. Uh. So these guys are heading to some facility to be evaluated, but uh, I forget the doctor here, Olivia Munn's character, who wanted to talk to McKenna because he saw this thing firsthand. So the bus gets rerouted to the dam. So that's. Sorry, we, that is important because they, they do come up. Right. So the Predators mid-escape from the dam and Olivia Munn is chasing it with a trank rifle, which, like, lady, I get it. You wanted to meet aliens your whole life. You watched this thing murder like a dozen <laughs> people. Like, let it go. Her, her character is so intense. Like, I almost wish there was some sort of backdoor Like, why is she so intense and why is she so good at guns? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, she knows how to handle, like, assault weaponry through yeah. this movie progresses. Like, are you a scientist or are you, like, some weird... Like, he's presented as a scientist, but everything that she is is into the more than a scientist. And I don't know if the way that she was written, she was written in a different background, and we never got it. Yeah. It almost feels like there was two characters, yeah. and they just kind of smooshed them together. Yeah, yeah. I, I could be awful. Who knows about the original Yeah. Um, but, so she's chasing it with a trank gun, or a trank gun, and I'm like, oh boy. Uh, the bus has been rerouted to the dam, they've all arrived, they actually, the rest of the loonies, aside from Nettles, do see the Predator. And I love it because, uh, you know, they've given him so much shit for seeing an alien before, but when they see it, uh, Thomas Jane's character actually just goes, alien. <laughs> like, immediately, like, so nonchalant, like, yep, 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 yep. yep. Um, Another one guy. Yeah, Nettles, like, yeah, they're like, shut the fuck up, Nettles. Um, so McKenna's like, that thing killed my team, I gotta get out of here, and I gotta, I gotta get it, or they're gonna, you know, they're gonna railroad me and pretend this thing never happened. Um, so the loonies, like, stage this mock fight between Baxley and, and Coyle, uh, the guards come back, 
and they steal like the baton and the keys and yada yada, and they, they beat the crap out of all of them, throw them on the bus, and start chasing down the predator. Yeah, I didn't like that. And in the, in the later scene too, when the actual like fighting starts, that yeah, yeah, right. like you said, these guys, sure, they're they're kind of wacky and out there, and they might be crazy, but I wouldn't want to piss one of them off if I didn't have to. Yes. <laughs> um, so they're chasing the predator down, um, and this was cool because, like we talked about, this original predator is still all practical, and this thing is like leaping and like full on sprinting at this point, and it's yeah. it's all practical suit. And I, I made the comment, like, it must have been a bitch to try to run in that suit, though. Yeah, there's the one, there's the one scene where it's like, it's got the man running across. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, again, that, like, out of the suit, I wouldn't want to piss off that guy either if he can make that thing move that fast. So Olivia Munn's chasing him down. The bus is chasing him down. Um, they She jumps on top of the bus to chase it. She's trying to trank it, but the bus is swerving. Uh, it spins around and shoots the tire out of the bus after they shoot it a couple times. She accidentally tranks herself in the foot with the dart, which I, I admit I did laugh at that the first time I saw it. Um, the bus stops, the predator keeps running its merry way, um, and the group of misfits get out of the bus, and Nebraska turns around and sees a bunch of motorcycles and utters the line, Quick, get to the choppers! That is, I wrote that down. Yeah. Uh, Louis Munn gets she basically falls off the top of the bus because McKenna says he's going to catch her and then moves when he sees the guard coming. <laughs> um, the guard says he found her. What do they want to do? And then we hear Sterling K. Brown say, you know, eliminate her. She's you know, which that that kind of weird. Like I get it in the one sense of she's seen too much, but like she's still your best shot at understanding these things. Yeah, but I I think the character. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so McKenna and the, the loonies run him over with motorcycles and leave him. And she hops on his McKenna's motorcycle facing like her face <laughs> in his face. Yes. And like, so it's just a, like we said, weird way to ride a motorcycle, but whatever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like a papoose. That's what they're, I think that's what they're called. Is it? Oh, yeah. Either way. <laughs> um, the next thing we see is is the loonies at the hot, at a motel that they've kind of uh, crashed at, basically. And she's passed out on the bed, and they've all started arranging, like, gifts around her. Yeah. Like, uh, Coyle puts like, a thing of coffee next to her. Uh, Nettles has, like, a weird uh, origami unicorn out of tinfoil he yeah. made for her. And, um, yeah, yeah. And, uh, McKenna's like, what the fuck are you guys doing? Like, just leave her alone. And this is this, like comedy and predator might not initially, you think go together, but this scene was pretty damn funny. So she wakes up, she sees all the stuff. She's freaked out. And, uh, she, she grabs the shotgun that they've left near the bed. And Keegan, Michael Key's character coils like, I told you, I told you she grabbed the shotgun. Pay up 10 bucks. And, um, McKenna's like, all right, all right. And he tries to, you know, they have a mini tussle for the shotgun. And she pulls the trigger. But, yep. no, you know, nothing happens. And, and Keegan-Michael Key again is like, I knew it! I knew she was going to pull the trigger! 
<laughs> and so they, they get the shotgun away from her. And um, she's like, she wants to get out of there. But he, he's like, what are you going to do? Like, they, they wanted you dead. You, how long do you think you'll last out there on your own? You think anybody's going to believe you? You saw an alien. Like, nobody believed me. I saw an alien, you know? Yeah. But they were, you know, they were serious when Tarzan was there and doing his thing, and they had the cheat of the monkey come in and do the comedy to break it up, and he's on the tension, 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 break up with a little comedy so you can, you know, work back towards the, the finish. And I think this does that perfectly. Yes, it is a nice breather scene because that that predator rampage scene was a, it was, it was yeah. intense. The movie is Yeah, this is like, yeah, your one, your, your stopgap of, of funny, and then we can kind of get back into the intense stuff. Um, that's another thing. This movie did not screw around. That, that scene where, the, like, the Predator ship crashes, and then, like, the jungle, ma- like, mini fight happens with yeah. McKenna. It's like, that's like three minutes. Right. It's, this movie's off the radar. Yeah. Fast. They, they know you know what Predator's all about, so let's, why waste time, you know? Yeah. Um, so, uh, the we see that the super predator thing has also honed in on the fact that um, the, the original mask and stuff are at McKenna's house. So um, they get McKenna goes back home once he realizes this thing is looking for its original gear, and he gets to the house. We see it. He's greeted by his. I, they never say ex-wife. I they imply that they're like separated, but maybe not divorced all the yeah, way. I mean, she does. Yeah. Um, and he's like, he sees that, you know, all his P.O. Box mail. Oh, cause he had sent it to a P.O. Box, mm. but he had not paid his P.O. Box fees in like quite some time. So the stuff was just sent to his house instead. Um, so he's like, ah, shit, I, you know, I, I tried to send this to a P.O. Box specifically to, so this would not happen. Um, he finds out that his kid is out there trick or treating as this thing. Uh, so he tries to get the guys to go with him. And they're all just kind of like, Ugh. <laughs> uh, we're fugitives from the state now. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't think we're gonna do this. And so he's like, ah, whatever, screw you guys. And he, he just takes a gun and he goes off. Um, Nebraska kind of tries to rally the guys. He's like, come on, let's go. And none of them want to go still. And he asks McKenna's wife, like, is your man, is your husband the man I think he is? And she gives this whole spiel about how he's like this decorated sniper. He's like 23 missions on five continents and yada yada. And um, they still all just like, I don't care. <laughs> so Nebraska goes to leave and goes, fine, you pussies, and takes off. And Nettles goes after him. And he goes, I didn't really care for your speech. It you know, it didn't inspire me, but he called me a pussy and nobody calls me a pussy. <laughs> so he takes off. Yeah. Um, and then finally, they, they have some just kind of given. I'm like, oh, whatever. Let's do this. <laughs> yeah, you necessarily on the same page, but they all kind of have um, the same dread and Yeah. Um, uh, and I, I did love there's a line when, like, they're all giving their excuses for not going, and, and Nettles is like, we're going to get our meds. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, he's just concerned about that. Um, so they all get in this RV. Um, we finally see Olivia Munn doing some science stuff. She's got, like, a microscope, and she's looking at the weird fluid that she took from the lab. Yeah. And she comes to the conclusion that the, um, the reason predators harvest, because we always see the predator like rip 
the head and spine out of people right. is that they're actually like harvesting DNA from like spinal fluid and stuff to give themselves like the best traits to make themselves the best killers or whatever. Yeah. It fits. Yeah. Yeah. It it doesn't feel like oh, I don't know. You're stretching here. It's like oh, that's a yeah. cool. That's a cool thing to have call back to like why they keep doing this. Yeah. Um. Cool. So they they get in the RV. They all they you know they McKenna finds out they are going to help them. So they all kind of split up and start looking for his kid. Um. They hear about the explosion and they the kid um Nebraska says your kid's going to rabbit. He's going to go somewhere he knows somewhere he feels safe. And they realize that's the school. So the kid gets to the field and we see like we hear growling and we're like, uh oh, predator dog, but it's just a regular dog. Yeah. And the dog comes over and he starts petting it. And then the actual two predator dogs show up. Uh, McKenna and Nebraska show up in like a, uh, with the, the station wagon and a stolen cop car. Yeah. And they start shooting the predator dogs and even the predator dogs have like bulletproof skin. And it's like, oh, okay. Uh, but. Nebraska has brought a grenade launcher, which he chucks to McKenna, and McKenna, like, shoves it in the mouth of one of the Predator dogs and, and kills it that way. And I don't know what the hell the other thing, they sh- it was like a, almost like a cow gun that they shot yeah. the other dog in the head with. Yeah. It's just a, like, yeah. Um, and the other dog kind of gets basically, like, lobotomized and, like, kind of wanders off on its own. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there's this big emotional reunion where McKenna has his kid back, finally, and he's safe. Um, but, the predator lands right on top of the RV. Nettles pokes his head out because he's like, "Oh, what the hell was that?" And it yanks him up. And that, that's another. I just love how like, like they they obviously sped it up. Right. But, like when it yanks Nettles out of that window, it's like he's just out of that window and like right. up. Because like even in this scene, you can see the guy, the predator's arm pulling him up. Yeah. And it's a thing you never saw in the old movie. You never saw him doing it. It just seemed like the yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. And so Nettles. <laughs> credit he's not like save me he's like just shoot this fucking thing <laughs> you know um and uh it, the pre- this is interesting because this predator it, it you know it points at them and like it does like the the hand motion of like put yeah. your guns down so they all go to put their guns down but then what is it like it something yes yeah he has a spasm and the predator looks at him and mckenna like does this crazy like mission impossible kickflip of his gun <laughs> Like shoots the predator, which drops nettles, and it runs off, and they all take off and run for the school. Um, so the McKenna, the scientist lady, and his kid are all in school, and the misfit guys are kind of like a loose perimeter outside of the school. Yeah. Olivia Munn mentions to him that when she was alone and unarmed, it completely ignored her yeah. and didn't do anything. And then there's an odd line where she she looks at McKenna and goes, "Can you tell your kid to like?" ease up on the psychosis because the kid is like having a, a freak out attack which is like again this is understandable this is like an eight-year-old kid who has just seen aliens and explosions and again it's like i feel like there's two characters here that got smushed into one where like one would have been like a maybe another soldier guy or lady maybe and than the scientist character, and they're just like, ah, it's too many characters, let's just... I think they specifically made it one of the first characters. Yeah. Yep. Um, so, they're in the school, and the he's looking at his kid like, you know, they want something back, and the kid, like, pulls the weird device out of the gauntlet, and is like, yeah. this is what they're after. And you see a shadow of a predator coming through a window, and they back up, 
And then you see the OG Predator come around the corner from the right. other direction and, like, slam him. And you're like, uh-oh, that means Super Predator is here somewhere. Yeah. And, you know, it's choking McKenna up against the wall. And he, he holds up the thing. And the Predator's like, oh, and it, it goes to grab it. But then the Super Predator arm smashes through the, the window and just yanks it out into the field. Right. And we get, like, I guess you could call it a fight. But really, it's just the Super Predator just completely <laughs> dominating regular Predator. And it's, you know, it flips it and smashes it through a car, caves its face, and then it rips its head and spine out yep. and leaves it. And they get in the car, or in the RV, and just get the hell out of there. Um, we've also seen that this Predator has, like, all of, like, the traditional Predator tech is, like, integrated into it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like, he, he the, sh- like, armor pops out of him, the shoulder cannon is on his, like, pops out of his shoulder. Yeah. Um, it can cloak without Really, seemingly without any tech, so I'm assuming that's also just built into it as well. Yes, yeah, okay. he says traitor eliminated, um, tracking other targets, okay. and we we get that in subtitles. And again, I love it. We don't need everything the predators say to be subtitled, no. but I it's really annoyed me that like when they did AVP and the main characters of AVP were humans. Make the Predators the main character. They have a language. Just subtitle it, you know? Right. Um, that's a whole other rant for another podcast. <laughs> it's an ABP podcast. Hey, yeah, I don't want to do an ABP podcast. So, the, this was a little odd, because, like, this Super Predator thing could have easily blown through all of them. And it, it had an inclination that they probably had the thing it wanted. Okay. But it didn't yeah. stop them. Yeah. Which I found a little odd. Yeah, this is this is kind of where I noticed the shift happen. Yeah, and this is kind of where I, I I was like, oh, so they get to like this abandoned farm. Um, Sterling K. Brown and his minions show up, and um, how do they track them? Because they find them. Oh, they do find them. They they find them because they uh, they. Oh, yeah, and she, he does call to tell her right. that and the kid is safe. Yeah, and then the super predator shows up there and kills those guys, and he finds yeah. there. Yeah. And then the guy who was with the. Is he with the kid? Or is he with the kid? And then he comes up back from there yeah. to the farmhouse, and that's when they get the map. Yeah. So uh, they're hiding on this abandoned farm. Uh, at this point, the predator dog that was lobotomized resurfaces. Yeah. Um, and Olivia Munn has the line where nobody shoot my fucking dog. <laughs> um, so, however they track them, the Sterling Kid Brown and his minions show up. Uh, McKenna looks at Lynch and Baxley and, and Coyle and says, you guys get out of here and Nettles and like go find a chopper and some explosives or whatever because like we're going to have to fight this thing at some point. Yeah. So they, they take off. Um, uh, his kid stays in the RV. Him and the scientist lady meet Sterling Kid Brown and his minions. And they basically just get interrogated. And yeah. McKenna and Nebraska are just, like, brought into the barn and start getting the crap beat out of them. Uh, Olivia Munn is, like, taken into the barn, but she's, like, handcuffed to a chair. And this is where we get kind of, like, the reasoning behind why the first predator shows up. Right. She's like, well, why the hell did this thing even come here? And he's like, think about it. You remember when he uses the hostess analogy? You remember when hostess went out of business and everybody ran to get Twinkies? Right. And she goes, that's why their visits have been increasing because of climate change, which is rendering, you know, he goes, what do you think? We have like two generations left. 
Yeah. And so they're, they're coming in, getting all the good DNA before we go extinct. And then he implies that because they like hot atmospheres, that they'll probably just colonize the planet after we're gone. Yep. Um, and he takes off because one of the minions sitting in the vineyard with in the in the RV with um, the kid realizes that the kid has basically drawn a map to where the ship is. Right. And so Sterling K. Brown takes the kid. They get back in their chopper. Uh, he tells his minions to basically take care of everybody else. Um, McKenna gets free. Um, he goes to find Nebraska. Nebraska gets free. And then we see the guy's about to kill the scientist lady. And the dog shows back up yeah. with the grenade that she had thrown to it to go fetch. And it hacks it up. Yep. The guy tries to kill the dog. Uh, Olivia, like, she kicks it. She does, like, some crazy spin kick. Yeah. She has a lot of... Yeah. Scientist. Um, and yes, then she smashes him with the chair and she stuffs the grenade in his like vest and pulls the pin, which she pulls the pin with her mouth, yes. and this thing just got hacked. It was like a hawk a loogie out of a predator dog thing. Which is just gross. I didn't say it's not a scientist. Yeah, I mean, obviously. <laughs> Apparently you would also be a black agent if you were a scientist. So she jumps over the railing, um, the grenade goes off, predator dog is unkilled again. Because apparently the only way to kill a predator dog with a grenade is if it's inside the predator dog. Um, uh, and they, you know, they're all free now, and Nettles, Baxley, Coyle, and, and, uh, Lynch show up in a chopper. It's like a weather chopper with, like, this, like, friendly duo (laughs) sitting on the side of it. It's like the weather gals, like, written on the side of everything. It's hilarious. Um, so they get in the chopper, (laughs) get in the chopper, and they fly off to where they're just gonna, I guess they're just following... The original chopper? Yeah, they, yeah, they're chasing it over now. Well, I think it's funny about that is when they did it, send them off. He sent them off to get a helicopter, and they, like, he just expected them to. Yep. Yep. I did love it, because it's like, I, I watched the deleted scenes for um, this movie. There's one I wish they had left in, okay. where you see Lynch's, because, like, we see a shot of it at the hotel where, like, Lynch is kind of wandering around. And in the deleted scenes, we get a continuation of that where, because, like, it's this weird biker festival that they're hiding at at this motel. Okay. And Lynch bumps into a basically an arms dealer. And oh. that's where they get the explosives and the yada yada and everything that, right. that they just have later in the movie. I and, think that would, yeah. That's yeah. And I, I feel bad because, like, Lynch's character is probably the one who gets shafted the most in terms of, like, development. Yeah. He's, like, he, I mean, he, he's... It kind of when you have that many moving parts, somebody has to kind of get the short stick, and unfortunately, right. it was him. Um, but so yeah, they show back up with the chopper. They follow the other guys. We see that they have indeed found the ship. They've set up like this electrified fence perimeter. Um, they've got some wacky translator doohickey that they're going to hook into it so they can download the database. Uh, the kid instantly knows how to open the door. Yeah, and gets in. Um, and we see again that we what we'd seen earlier in the movie was like they they zoom in on this this one chamber in the ship. That the predator had like made sure got like like I guess safety locked or something right. so it was safe. And Sterling came around and implied that the predator, the traitor predator, had brought something for humanity to help survive. I guess. Yes. And they uh, they they plug in their little translator doohickey. Um, all the the loony guys they they set up a like perimeter of their own outside. Yeah. McKenna sneaks in using the. Um, 
thing, the cloaking thing that he finally crapped out after, you know, yeah. passed through his system, <laughs> which like gross, but whatever, man. You do what you got to do. Yep. Um, and he gets into the ship. He cracks one of the minions and uncloaks, and he has the trank rifle. And the other minion says, what are you going to do? Kill us with a trank <laughs> rifle? He goes, well, you kidnapped my kid, so yeah. And he shoots him in the freaking <laughs> eye with it. And it just goes into the dude's brain and dot, yeah. and he kills him. And uh, he, he takes Dylan K. Brown, he's like, alright, you know what? I just want my kid. Nobody has to die. And the kid kind of points at the dead guy. <laughs> and he's like, okay, nobody else has to die. Yeah. Which, like, this eight-year-old is going to be traumatized. He's like, he just watched the dude get murdered right in front of him. Well, yeah, I, I guess. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, they get outside, and so they came around. It's like, you know what? If he doesn't let me go by the time I count to ten, shoot the kid. Yeah. And Lynch, we see, is up on the ridge, like, just like, come on, man, give me the signal, I'll take him out. And we see the, the Predator, the, the three red dots, you know, appear on him, and the Predator, like, blows his arm off, the Super Predator. Yeah. And Lynch is like, yeah, he's screaming, he grabs a flare gun, he lets it off so that they know he's here. Um, it, just a massive firefight breaks out with the soldiers and the loony guys, and this is where we really do see again that, yeah, they might be crazy, but no right. one wants to screw these guys, because they're just dropping dudes left and right, and, uh, like, Baxley and, and, uh, uh, that's not, yeah, Baxley, like, he's just, like, slitting dudes' throats with, like, a knife, like, all Rambo-style behind them, <laughs> and, um, the super predator gets involved and, like, smashes through a bunch of guys. It has a cool twist on the, the gauntlet blades, like shoots him out and it's got like a like a super tensile wire that like decapitates yeah. people when the jeep goes through um and so after the the firefight has died down the few remaining soldiers and all the looney tune guys who haven't been killed because lynch is super dead we don't see it but he's he's super dead. Right. um yeah the, the super predator goes into the ship and starts monkeying with the computer and then they hear it come out through the vocal translator that you know the predator is basically like i think it's pretty funny what you guys kill each other um, you can't have the ship, nobody gets the ship, uh, but there is one among you who I think is worthy, he will be your leader, McKenna, and I'll give you a head start, basically, and we see a little clock start counting down, so they, they realize that they've got to unfortunately work together, and, um, they take a bunch of, uh, weapons from vans, and they even have a couple guys who try to use predator weapons, like Stone yeah. K. Brown's got this, like a, the shoulder, the predator shoulder cannon, but it's like, it follows his head, just like it follows theirs. Yeah. Um, and they all take off into the woods. And there's a, this is another great part where uh, one of the the like nameless black ops soldiers thinks he hears something, so he takes out like the shuriken thing. Yes. And he just hucks it. And so the camera's like, "Oh shit! Ah, oh, that's gonna come back. That's coming back. You gotta catch it." And the guy's like, well, "How do I catch it? Like, on, your, on your wrist. Catch it on your wrist." And then he tries to catch it, but he like panics the last second. And it just like takes his upper arm off. Yep. And then Sterling Kate Brown just kills him. <laughs> and then Super Predator comes in, starts massacring the nameless Black Ops guys. Uh, Sterling Kate Brown. I did love this when he shoots at it and it hits the tree. Yeah. It's like ex ex it's the exact effect from the first movie with all the sparks going yeah. off everywhere. It's completely Yeah. Yes. I love that. I, I remember being in theaters and, and really liking that. Um, and so it's 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 picking them off one by one. Um, I think it's I can't remember who it is. It might have been Nettles, but somebody mentions that there's a clearing up ahead. Oh, no, in Nebraska, Nebraska mentions there's a clearing up ahead where Lynch had put the explosives down. So if they can leave the predator there, maybe they can get him. 
So everybody starts running off that way. Baxley volunteers himself and Coil to stay back and lure the Predator. And I still love this line where as they're walking off, <laughs> you see Coil, can I talk to you for a second? What's this wee shit? <laughs> um, and it, so they, they're, they're luring it in and it, it takes a pot shot at them and they start running. And, you know, they're yelling, contact, contact! And Baxley just screaming, alien! At the top of his lungs. They, they get to their the location where they're going to lure it in. Um, but we see that the, the Predator, the Super Predator, has, like, like all the mask visions that, you know, the Predator could cycle through. It has those, yes. and it's just eyes. And it gets, like, x-ray vision, and it sees one of the Black Ops guys hiding behind a tree, and just shoots its blade through him, and it just immediately bisects him. Right. Which is just super violent and awesome. <laughs> um, and, but they, they do eventually lead it into the, the area where they want it, and they spray it with, like, I don't know, like napalm or something, but it's it's some explosive yeah. gas thing. And they light it on fire, and it's like it's flailing around, it's on fire, and Baxley jumps on it while it's on fire with a knife and just starts going well, at its face. I think that like, did make any song for his buddy who really like, you know, had a thing with. Uh, he shot him, and yeah. that's when he like lost his mind yeah. and jumped. He's like, yeah, he's just stabbing it in the face over and over and over. And he actually takes out one of its eyes. He gets it yeah. right in the eye. And it, it 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 hucks him off it, and he goes flying and gets impaled on a tree branch. Yep. Coil comes in and tries to save him. He gets gut slashed. His guts are just hanging out. Yep. And they keep fighting the Predator, and they knock it off, like, the cliff or something. Yeah. And then Coil and Baxley actually, like, look at each other, and they're like, all right, well, whatever. And they both claw guns, and they shoot each other. Yep. And um, that was kind of sad, because they do mention that they... There was a friendly fire incident, yep. and that they that was Coil accidentally fired on a group of his own vehicles, and that's how they kind of bonded like through all the military hearings yeah. and inquiries. Um, and I gotta say that was another thing. I even though this is only one movie, and you know we, we haven't seen any of these characters before, I think they did a good job of making them all feel like real people. Because I was legitimately kind of bummed when each one of them did slowly get picked off. Yeah, they did just enough for each of them for you to care about. Them. Yeah. Um. So they, they realize that the Super Predator probably really isn't dead. And yeah. it, it kills... Oh, Sterling K. Brown dies because scientist lady yells his name and he turns his head and the, the cannon follows yeah. his head movements and it goes off and blows his own head off. Yep. Which, like... Which is a proper Yeah. It's, it was... I laughed. Um, so they get attacked by it again. It... Um, it... McKenna offers himself up to it as like a way to like get it to leave everybody else alone. It picks him up and hucks him like a rag doll. It, it hucks Louie on like a rag doll, and it picks up the kid, and it, it starts walking over the kid. He's like, yeah. "What? Do you, it, it, why is it taking him? It said it wanted me." Right. And she goes, "No, it said it wanted McKenna." Right. And there was this line earlier about how autism is like a, maybe not a, a disability, but it's actually like a next step in genetics or something. Yeah. And because I mean, the kid, like we said, was a savant. He figured out the predator language in like thirty seconds. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> a liability right. yeah and so it's at this point all that's left is science lady McKenna Nettles and Nebraska and they start chasing it down and they find the ship and it's taking off and McKenna jumps onto it and Nebraska's like alright come on we gotta, we gotta jump on too and, and like Nettles is like, I don't, I don't want to do that. And so Nebraska just shoves him onto yes. the ship. He jumps on. Um, they're all on the ship. Olivia Munn can't quite make it, but she like 
grenade launches one of its engines, so it's kind of like janky and can't take off right. Um, they're on top of it trying to figure out a way in, and the predator is like in the monkeying with the controls and hits the button for the force field, which you'd seen earlier. Yes. And it starts forming up, and McKenna slides underneath it. Nebraska jumps on top of it, and Nettles is like just kind of shooting at it and gets his legs cut off, and he goes flying off the ship and, and dies. Um, they start going up and up and up and up and up, and you know, the higher you get, the thinner air gets. So we see Nebraska is like starting to like suffocate as this thing gets higher and higher and higher. Yeah. And he sees a gap in the force field where the damaged engine is, and he just runs right at it, shooting and shooting, and he gets sucked in, and it, like, just like a bird strike, if a goose gets into a jet engine, it explodes the Predator ship's engine, and it starts going down. Um, this was cool, because uh, McKenna uses the force field to slide um, on the inside of it, yeah. slides into the ship, and I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. I actually I like that. Right. Uh, he gets in the ship, somehow he knows the combination to get in, he, he I lost, guess, he I guess, yeah. I was going to say he must have been, like, cloaked when the kid did that and seen it or something. No, he's, uh, earlier when they bring him to the ship and he had his sick rifle. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. He sees That's right. Okay. So he puts the code and he gets in. He starts shooting at Super Mario. He's just got a pistol at this point. I don't know. I don't know what he's doing. Whatever. He's trying. Super Predator goes after him, but can't really deal with him because the ship is crashing at this point. So he McKenna kind of falls out of the ship. Uh, the ship, it doesn't, it, I mean, it crashes, but not like in a violent way. It just kind of lands. Yeah. Um, so uh, Super Predator comes out and it's like 100% done with McKenna at this point. It's like, you just fucked up my day <laughs> so bad. And then McKenna shoots off one of its mandibles, which like is, I think it happens like I think in a lot of Predator stuff now yeah. at this point. And now it's like, it, it went from being like angry to like, it's just like, oh, you're so Dead. <laughs> yeah. um, it's it's throwing him around. He's kind of screwed. But then Olivia Munn, she decloaks. She's right next to him. She jumps on its head and starts like tapping it in the in like right on top of the head with a pistol. Yep. Uh, it stumbles uh, backwards, and the kid turns on the force field for a second because he sees that the predator's touching the ship. Oh, yeah. And the the force field comes on, like, takes off the predator's arm. Uh, the, yeah. Yeah, so Olivia Bunn finds some crazy predator grenade thing, throws it to McKenna, he he puts it on top of the blade of the gauntlet yeah. and like fires it into the super yeah. predator. He uses yeah. a predator over the head of a gun. Yeah. It, it's the size of a gun. Right. Um and it, it hits him in the leg and it blows up and kills him. And they again do a the classic line of he goes, What are you? which is you know, that's the Schwarzenegger thing at the end. Yeah. But instead of when it tries to like gargle or fly, he goes, Ah, shut the fuck up and like shoots it like eight times in the face. Yep. Um, then we see a little quick scene where we see he's got a memorial for all the guys who died. He's got, like, one of Lynch's playing cards, and Nebraska cigarettes, and that was meds, uh, backstage this weird hula girl thing, you know? Yeah. And he goes, nobody's gonna, he looks at his kid and goes, these are the, the misfits and the weird ones that no one's gonna remember except us. Yep. And Olivia Munn, we see, also hands over the little tinfoil unicorn that has made her, because a running through line throughout the movies, he keeps hitting on her. Yeah. She's just, like, not interested yeah. even a little bit. Yeah. Because there's a line where he's like, oh, I don't know if you know this, but I'm single. And she just goes, no, I, I was pretty sure you're single. <laughs> um, so then we cut to, I don't know how much time has passed, but McKenna's in full dress uniform at some facility. We see that his kid is helping scientists crack the pod that the Predator had brought, which had ejected itself before the Super Predator blew up its ship. 
and uh, it starts like the tech goes all haywire and like he's looking at his kid like what's in there and the kid's like oh, I guess you'd call it the predator killer and so they they pop the lid off and it's like this weird goopy arm gauntlet thing yeah kind of um, and then like one of the scientists goes I think it's like dormant or whatever and it latches onto his arm and like you see it form around him and it's like some super predator mech suit thing and then it, it like deforms and like falls off his wrist. And well scientist guy goes, What the hell is that thing? And McKenna's like, It's my new suit. Yeah. And um yeah. that's where we cut out. The last one is actually, I hope they have Oh yeah, I hope they have in the forty two long. Is, which is a completely like eighty Oh yeah. Uh, just one liner. I was like, okay, fine. Yeah. You win this round. <laughs> <laughs> um but that's where we, we cut out. Um, so a little bit of trivia, this we can talk about this earlier. So Fred Decker on that episode of best movies never made talks about original endings for this movie. And, um, we talked about, you mentioned the shift in the movie and that's because when they originally screened it, um, the ending did not do well. So they reshot like a whole bunch of the ending. So originally what was going to be in those pods, it wasn't going to be pod. It was going to be pods, plural. And each of those pods had a hybrid predator in it. So there's going to be like a spider hybrid predator and like a bull hybrid, like what we would think of as spiders and bulls and whatever. Yeah. And it was like, basically what it was is like, I, I think it was supposed to be like this, the predators that were hybridized were on the run from like the pure breed or cybernetic, I don't know, something. It was like okay. a weird interclass war thing. And they were just kind of looking for asylum on earth basically. Yeah. And so, but when the hybrids get out, they still go rampage and, and kill a bunch of guys. Okay. Um, and then that never even got filmed. It was like they were in the process of filming it, and then they realized the, the VFX and everything was going to be so expensive to do all that crap, or the, making the practical suits. They were just like, we can't do this. So then the original thing inside the, the, the pod was going to be Arnold Schwarzenegger, which right. I would have loved. And you said it yourself. Like, he, he would have been... Well, I'm watching yeah. the end of that movie, and I see it jump ahead time, and then the Mm-hmm. Yep. And so it was supposed to be him, but they couldn't agree on a scheduling. And I guess there was a little bit of a monetary dispute, which is a bummer. Arnold, come on, man, just do it for the fans. <laughs> um, but so that didn't work. He does. That's true. That is a cute donkey. Um, Lulu, I think it's named. Um, uh, so that didn't work out. So the next option they wanted to run with was Adrian Brody's character from Predators, which again, I think the dogs were a callback to that. Yeah. And I actually enjoyed that movie overall. I thought it was kind of fun. Um, so that would have been cool because Adrian Brody's character, as we know, did kill a predator on that movie. So yeah. like he's and he'd spent God knows how much time on that planet. So if anybody had learned like their hunting tactics and whatever, it would have been him. Uh, but again, this one wasn't a monetary issue. It was just a scheduling thing where they couldn't yeah. they couldn't work it out. Um, so the third option, which is the weird one, which I don't really know how it would have been into, would have been the, the pod would have opened. We would have seen a woman in a jumpsuit with like a weird cryo mask thing on, and the the suit would have said Ripley, which is an obvious homage to the Alien franchise, which right. was also owned by Fox at the time. Um, like on a kind of a nerd level, I would have liked that, but it's like eh, Ripley's a predator, yeah, an yeah. alien thing. Like, yeah, this yeah. is predator, right? Um, and originally it wanted Sigourney Weaver, right? But they couldn't work that out with her, so like, ah, we'll just we'll just like use an unnamed actress, and we'll see if we can work out later yeah. um but 
And, and I think that, because, like, even when the, the gauntlet thing rises out of the pod and it's covered in the black goo, the black goo is very reminiscent of, like, the black goo from, like, Prometheus. Yeah. Alien Covenant. And I was like, did you really want to do Alien and Predator again this bad? Or you were like, <laughs> let's... But, um, no, we got the weird cyber suit thing, which was... It wasn't... I mean, it's fine. Whatever. One thing I was thinking about while watching this, if they had gotten Arnold, and he's there and he's an older man, obviously, and he's the guy who's been surfing, and he's seen, like, uh, I don't know, like, in a wheelchair or something, something where you know that everything he's been through has disabled him. Mm-hmm. And when they open up the thing, and, and, the, comes and out. the gullet comes out, and it goes right to Arnold. That would have been bad ass. Oh. <laughs> Why would you say that? Because now I want to see that so bad. I don't know. I just think about that. And then, like, oh. and then instead of Yeah, man, <laughs> that would have been awesome. <laughs> God damn it! All right. Well, anyway, uh, so that was that's the the backstory on the the endings that were supposed to happen. Uh, so a little bit more trivia about this. Um, not trivia so much as facts. Um, so this movie was made for eighty eight million dollars. Uh, it's a fairly big budget. You can see it. I mean, it looks good. It yeah. definitely nothing looks cheap aside from the weird predator dogs kind of look off. Um, it made one hundred and sixty million. So it's not like a smash hit, but it it's not like a loss. Yeah. Um, but if you factor in like marketing costs, I don't know how much it really cost them besides eighty million. We uh, uh, the thing that shocked me is this hundred sixty million is the highest grossing movie in the franchise. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I, I would have yeah. thought at least maybe Predators did better than that. But, yeah. but um, um, I like I said overall, I thought this was a fun movie. I, aside from the weird, that shifting point at the end, it never veered into, like, bad, but it definitely, like, you could tell that there were some rewrites going on at that point. Yeah. I, like I said, I think it worked for the sequel. Uh, the scale of the other, like, definitely amazing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, real bad and bad. <laughs> that's my new thing. I'm just going to keep referencing podcasts. Um, but... <laughs> But no, overall, I had fun with it. Uh, I, I thought that the Misfit guys were very well cast. They gelled well together. Um, uh, Boyd Hallbrook as McKenna, I thought was he's um, kind of a, a newer leading man-ish guy. He was in Logan too as the, the right hand man of the bad guy. He had okay. the he had the robot arm. Um, uh, I like him a lot. I think he he's got a future as as this. If he wanted to do more action stuff, I think he could do it. Um, uh, Shane Black, I really don't think I've ever seen a Shane Black movie hated. Um, and I would love to see the franchise continue. I, I think yeah. this, this does open up some cool possibilities. I'm very mad that you put that Arnold idea in my head, because <laughs> that's so much cooler than what we got. Um, yeah. Arnold did come back for the Predator video game that just came out, Hunting Grounds. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, as Dutch. Um, so I'll have to get that at some point and play that, because I love Predator so much. Um, but that is it, I think, for us guys. We're just a little bit over an hour fifteen here. Oh, the, only, the only thing that I would like to have seen is one throwback to Aika That would have been kind of fun. One throwback to Aika Jesse Ventura was great <laughs> in that role. Uh, that is it for me. As always, you can follow us on our Facebook page of Dinner and a Show, the same name. Uh, we are available on the direct links to our Facebook page. We are on iTunes. We're on Spotify. Uh, you can just find us there at Dinner and a Show. Uh, do you got anything you want to plug before? No, I don't want to do that. Okay. Well, that is it, guys. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Bye.